for Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Hey, I'm Dr. Lisa, and I give a shit. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, the greatest radio station uh, in the on the whole in the whole world. I've checked. I've checked. I've listened to all the stations. This is definitely the best, and you should uh, stick around because we're going to have uh, some. A lot of fun today since I am in such a good mood because it's fucking warm out, huh? How long have we been waiting for this? It's finally warm out. Although it's freezing in a lot of offices, I know, because I was in one yesterday and man, it was cold. Uh, So today is a very, very exciting day. I have a call-in guest and a live guest in the studio. I have... uh, Heather Lee Marvin, who is going to be performing tonight at the well at our Radio Free Brooklyn showcase, uh, which is also a uh, oh, let me find Let me find that this here it is. It's the on air read. I'm just going to tell you this in my own words. OK, I don't want to torture anybody here. See, RFB presents Stone Giant EP release show at the well with crowd the airwaves and trip and i i mean in all honesty i go to almost every single one of these shows and they're really they're really really great and shout out to matt and rob who curate this shit and know like the local band scene really really well so this is like you you know you're not going to have this opportunity again so well, you might next month, but it's not going to be these bands. So get there at 8, okay? And it's at the Well 272 Meserol Street. Get your tickets right now because they're 8 bucks, and you're going to have to spend 10 if you get there. But before we get into that, I mean, I just want to make a connection with you. So I just thought I'd tell you about what's going on in my life a little bit. So, so I'm going to my stepson's wedding, like the 19th that's coming up, and we're leaving like next week. So I've been thinking about it, and uh, it's a big, big deal. It's a big deal. He's 29. He's marrying easily the love of his life. They moved to Denver. They bought a house. And here's what I learned from my stepson's relationship with his fiance. Here's what I learned. I learned that they make the relationship a priority, okay? And that's why... It's so good. And I think, I think like his father, my husband and I struggle more because, uh, we're, we're both a piece of work. That's one reason. But the other reason is that, uh, we love our art. We love our art. Well, we, we love him, but we love, we, we love our stepson, but we also love our art and that gets into our, that's a daily thing that takes over our lives. So I think that we personally are always fighting for our time, for our own art, and then also for each other. And then also to, uh, put time into each other's work. So I think like it's just harder if you want to make your art or you both have really separate interests. It could be the same, like if, you know, let's say my stepson loved golf and my uh, sis, my daughter-in-law to be, sister. Uh, that's a Freudian slip, almost sister-in-law. I wish, I wish. I'm so much older than her. But anyway, uh, 
my uh, daughter-in-law to be say she loved antiquing more than any you know like almost as much as she loved my stepson well then you know and he didn't like it like if you have two separate activities that you're passionate about it's gonna be harder it's gonna be, even if it's art making if you're not making the same exact art and even if you are then you know if like you're in a band together right heather mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay you get what i'm saying uh and then before i really we really get into Heather, but before I start messing around in Heather Lee Marvin's head, um, I want to bring your attention to um, an art opening tomorrow night that I am so excited about. Um, you know, I show mostly with this gallery, Art During the Occupation, which is a product of Christopher Stout, who I thought of how I was going to talk about him today he's an artist enabler he's a great artist himself but he also has this way of working with artists that is nothing like i've ever seen where he really uh allows encourages people artists to bring what what the essence of whatever it is they're doing, I think, or that's what happened with me. So Chris Boers, I think this is his first solo show there. And um, I'm really, really proud to uh, have any kind of uh, formal connection with him. And I have him, he said he would call in when I told him to. So Chris, Chris, will you call in? Oh no, I'm going to have to use all this technology here. Chris? Oh. Chris? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, look at this. I made it work. Yeah, how you doing? Great, I'm doing good. Did you hear that little preamble about Christopher Stout? What do you, what's you your thought? Much. What's your thought? Do you think of Christopher that way? Was that your what was your experience with him working in, working on the opening? Totally. I think um, you know, studio visits can always be a really weird sort of process with, uh, especially with people that have galleries, dealers, um, and other, even other artists sometimes, but, but usually with dealers, there's like something different, um, going on because Mm -hmm. of course there's always like the sales aspect Mm -hmm. or what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was, he was really encouraging. I mean, we met several times. Mm. We met like over a year ago. Mm Mm-hmm. So I've been working on this for over a year, mm-hmm. and then I would say, I think maybe four months ago, three or four months ago, he came over again, and and he was just super encouraging. I know, um, which mm. is what I needed. Sort yeah, of like a, right. Nurturing, like you're you're on the right track, um, right? And yeah, but but even in the beginning, he he really helped. Um, I think sort of make me realize, you know, that, that I needed to sort of, I mean, I'm always very focused, but Mm -hmm. he he helped me in a Mm. collaborative way Mm. as another artist Mm. to try to sort of, you know, kind of make everything make sense because I do deal with a couple different types of Uh, um, imagery and paintings and and he really um, was a big help. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I pulled this quote out of your bio. Um, one, one, 
one term that you used to describe your work is virtual dumpster diving, which I I love that, which kind Thanks. of goes with what you were just saying. But tell us just a little bit about what the show's going to be, uh, what your show is about. And uh, P- Chris Boards is a real deal, folks. I mean, like you should really see this this show in um but anyway uh tell us just a little bit about what you're going to be doing what your show is about yeah. and then you know what i'm saying i'm also trying to yeah. find the the, the information yeah. about the show so go ahead so the show opens friday um this friday may 4th and it it, it continues until may 27th at art during the occupation gallery you can go to their website 119 ingraham street in bushwick um, the opening is 7 to 9.30, Friday night. But basically, um, I've been working, and, and first of all, I wanted to say that I wanted to note that on this National Day of Prayer, let us pray that our nation is on God's side. That is a, a quote from Fox News. Mm. Um, mm. So I thought it was a perfect, the, t- the, the oh, title right. of the show is American Jesus, mm-hmm. which is um, a bad religion song uh. from quite a while ago, but it's it's obviously still totally relevant today in our current political climate. So the work definitely deals with our current political climate. Uh, it also deals with, um, like you said, virtual dumpster diving, which is where I just like grab images from anywhere online or what have you. Some of them are actually things that I've had since high school, like wow. old Xerox of Mickey Mouse giving the middle finger. Um, I've had that for like 35 years. Um mm-hmm. I mean, like carrying it around with me since mm-hmm. 715 or whatever. Um, trash culture, personal, personal obsessions. So it's sort of like a post-pop mashup right. of images. Right. And also I use logos from hardcore punk bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use this template in many of them from paint with water activity books for children where the paint was actually embedded onto the paper mm-hmm. and then the child could use a watercolor brush and sort of dip it in and then go into the black and white imagery. So a lot of that, I sort of copy the style of those activity books in a lot of my work. Yeah. Uh, but obviously like the content is not for children, but well, you know what I, I want to say to all you non art people out there, this stuff is really fun and really fun to look at. And it involves like, music and popular culture and it's also really smart but it doesn't have to be if you just yeah you know which is what i personally love about it is that it's honestly a really enjoyable show and um i just want everybody to know that they should come by tomorrow night between uh what is it six seven to nine thirty and it's one one nine one one nine ingraham street and it's really near the Morgan L stop. A lot of people don't like look it up, but it's really, really close and it's really safe to walk there. So I just want you guys to know that this is going to be like a really, um, you know, like a special evening and it will be up through when 27th, uh, May, May 27th. That's not a lot of time, but enough time if you don't make it to the opening. And then, Chris, you're going to be on my radio show on the 19th, right? Is that the date? I think on the 24th. 24th. Okay. I've had a rough week. The 24th. Thank you. But anyway, so we'll get more into depth on it then. But 
Uh, I can't wait. I just want, yeah, I mean, uh, so it's going to be a really, really great night. And I also want you to know that this is the kind of work that you're not going to see, like, at a big, a big dumb gallery. It's real art. It's not just, <laughs> you know, it's it's the real deal. Okay, so we, we did Thank that. So and I'm looking forward to seeing the show. And I'm really excited that you're part of... Um, you know, Christopher Stout's uh, endeavors. I really am. Yeah, me too. Oh, good. I All also right. just wanted to mention quickly that a lot of Bushwick galleries are going to be open late right. tomorrow night because of the Freeze Art Fair weekend. So, um, yeah, just make a night of it and hopefully people right. can stop by. It's going to be a big night. I'll post it on my Facebook page cool. also. So, okay. Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank okay, you. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye. Bye. So that that's uh, that's Chris Boers, and uh, there's a lot of like stuff happening because there's all this stuff happening tomorrow night. But tonight, Heather Lee Marvin, who's right sitting in front of me, Hi. is going to be playing. How are you feeling about you? You're going to be playing in like several hours. How are you feeling about it? Excited, always excited to play. Um, yeah. always looking forward to sharing music with the wonderful folks of New York City. Yeah. You're you're not like you're not like nervous. Are you nervous at all? No, no. Because you're a professional. Well, you know, um, one of the quirky things about myself, people probably think I'm a little bit crazy after this, but whatever. Um, One of the ways that I've gotten over my stage fright is sometimes um, when I'm walking by myself down the street, and I like you know I don't want to be bothered or anything. I'll um, put on a song that I like and I'll start singing it out loud and people will give me the weirdest stares Mm. as I walk down the street and do this. But it helped me get over my stage fright because if you could sing right in somebody's face Mm. walking next to you on the street, uh, you could sing to a crowd of people. That's a a really good tip, folks. I'm going to try that, except I'll get all these people be mad at me because I don't sound very. That's don't don't do don't try that at home unless you're trained. How's that? All right. Fair. So I want to um, what I want to do is I want to play you some of Heather's music so you can hear it. But before I want to do that, I want to get to know her a little because I just met her. She, she was running a little late, which is totally cool. So I haven't gotten to spend a lot. of You know, you, normally I try to like really dig into the guests and like, you know, extract, extract truths from them before they get on air. But I haven't had that much time with Heather, but which is totally cool because I get a great vibe off of her. I'm an enigma. (laughs) No, not. Well, we'll see about that. (laughs) I'm not. So here's the thing. Here's what I know about Heather. Okay. Heather is a classically trained opera singer. She's 26 years old. She's bisexual. She currently has a boyfriend and she's from Queens. And uh, that's what that's what I kind of know. She has a very open, fun vibe. Not, you know, there are for like a female, like, uh, you know, she's the it's it, you're the lead, what do you front woman band front woman. She's a front woman band, but like sort of a seems like she has a big personality but at the same time like a little bit low-key like no glitter eyeshadow at all none not i'm not channeling bowie today oh well you know so uh that's that's my impression of her but 
I want to get to play you her first, you know, the, the song that we want to play, which is an important song because it's a new song, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so tell us about your music and uh, then t- well, tell us a little bit about the song and then we'll play a song. Sure. Um, so I am in a band called Crowd the Airwaves, uh, also often misspelt. Um, people How? people think airways like um radio waves like it really? gets mixed it gets mixed up so many times but it's crowd the airwaves and um we we are like a five-year-old band come august wow yeah um it's it's crazy and she's only 26 <laughs> wow it's it's crazy i can't believe how long we've been a band second but, album uh yeah our it was actually our third so we um our first EP was Devil May Care and then we released um a year ago All the Things We Don't Say and then we recently released um our newest single Roots which has the most current lineup of the band um it is myself on bass and uh lead vocals Christina uh Christina Elliott on guitar um backup vocals uh slash lead vocals and then Liz Hudman on uh, drums, drum kit. And it was a lot of fun to record. I'll give a shout out to If and Only If Productions. Uh, Brandon, we worked with him. He's an amazing producer. We couldn't have asked for a better guy and a better collaborator for this single that we were going to put out. And, you know, um, we were just so excited to release it. We've had a really good reaction to Roots in general. Um we released it as a free single. People are still buying it mm-hmm. off of Bandcamp, which is like mm-hmm. crazy. And there's some people are spending like $10 on a single song. It was just, I was just totally floored by that and floored by the support. Um, I think we all were, you know, mm-hmm. and Christina put a lot of work. She's our in-house artist. Okay, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to describe your music. I'm going to describe your music because I have it right here in front of me and uh, I'm going to uh, short, I'm, uh, I'm worried about time folks because I think this woman's interesting and <laughs> she's, she's also generous. She's going to wind up telling you how great her band is. And we already, we, we will come to the show. We will know that she loves her band. Thank you, Heather <laughs> Lee Marvin, Martin. <laughs> So Marvin, Marvin. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Um, anyway, so here's what I, I got out of this. And I think this is a really good. Uh, the band is a roller coaster without even trying to be one, which is a really charming quality to have. This is written about her band. And uh, it's kind, it also has it's like the runaways and uh, Foo Fighters garnished with the lime of the catchy pop rock of Fleetwood Mac. See, I think it's a really important point because this is a really hard driving rock band, but it's very listenable, but in a way that is hard to, uh, you know, which isn't always common. Does that make sense to you, Heather? Yeah. Mar- Marvin. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I've uh, noticed is sometimes um, in rock music, the vocals get a little bit neglected and um one of the things that we really focus on as a band is our harmonies that's one of our biggest driving points and that's important and as an opera singer you know it's really important to me uh in the music that the vocals come through and really shine and shimmer and christina who had like never sung before this she's a trained violist um 
you know, she hadn't sung live before this and it was like a whole new this, world this is really interesting because you know you're talking about your bandmates we're gonna have to psychoanalyze this <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm sort of kidding but i want you to talk about this song that we're gonna play it's called roots the title song from the album yes. and i wanted to hear because that song has something to do with your boyfriend you said right it did um so there's um the whole thing about roots is it stemmed from a place of feeling stuck um, and knowing that there's certain things about yourself that you can't really change, but that you've pushed down to um, make a relationship work and you're not communicating that it's actually hurting you and it's actually not making you happy. And I wrote this, um, I wrote this song before I approached my partner about these feelings that I was grasping, mm. grappling with. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I had it in my head that he was going to totally break up with me, mm. that that was it. It was mm-hmm. like, because, you know, I've, I haven't been super lucky in the romantic world, you know, like I, I, I'll be the first to admit that I have a level of abandonment issues. Okay. But, um, you know, he really came through for me and we talked wow. about it and we had such great conversation. But um, the reason why I picked Roots is because, you know, when you think about Roots, you think about something that's firmly placed in the ground. Mm. It's, it's dug deep into mm-hmm. the earth and it can't be easily removed, mm. you know, yeah. um, because... If you leave the roots of a tree, when you cut down the tree, the tree is just going to grow back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, the whole chorus uh, really de- uh, depicts that imagery. And the final line in it, actually, I'll give my friend Christy a shout out. She inspired See? she inspired <laughs> me for this line because she said to me, she's like, I feel like I'm a phoenix in mid-burn. Wow. And I was like, that's such a good line. I was like, Christy... Do you mind if I modify and borrow that? And she was like, no, go right ahead. So the chorus line, uh, the chorus ended up being, um, there are deep roots in my soul and I'm trying to change them. A chameleon in my own home, a phoenix over fire, slow roasting. Mm-hmm. So um, that, wow. depicts, uh, that I felt depicted best, like that feeling of churning in place. I love it. I mean, that's really, uh, I don't know, expressive, for God's sakes. Uh, how long have you guys been together? Uh, Christina and I have been together. No, for- no, you and your partner. Oh, I, I thought you meant Jesus. the band. Sorry. <laughs> um, Damien and I have been together for six years. Wow. And so this is fairly recent, this um, whole thing? It was two years two ago. Two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, it took a while. It takes a while to work this shit out. Commitment. You yeah. know, commitment. Stick through it. So we're going to play the song. Sure. Right now. Okay. One, two, three. Yep. I'm really...
You're welcome. That was great. Oh, there's more? Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Whoa. You know, I'm so worried about the tech and getting the, the, like, fading it down. I thought I was going to do it fancy. But that was, that was really, that's beautiful, amazing music. Thank you. Thank you. It really sounds good. I mean, it sounds amazing. How did that feel? Does it sound, are you, you're going to be playing that tonight, right? Yes. Are you like, I'm not going to tell you when, but we're going to be playing. (laughs) Your band goes on at 9.30, though. Yes. Okay. We go on at 9.30. Okay. So we need to know that. Mm hmm. Um, Anyway, so we wanted to uh, uh, let's do our let's do our station ID because it's that time, and then and then we'll start. Then we'll just get really digging into your head. Okay. Oh gee. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm prepared. I think you are. <laughs> I think you're ready for this. So uh, what I want to do is remind you that you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and I'm with this amazing talent, uh, Heather Lee Marvin of crowd the airways and crowd the airwaves is playing tonight at a radio free brooklyn showcase at the well at nine thirty. at well she's on at nine thirty, or her band crowd the air but the but it starts at eight there's three bands and it's also going to be the stone giant ep release show all put together by radio free brooklyn presents so you guys should come and see that. I also want to, you know, there's something else that's gone that we really uh, are, I think is a really great thing that I've gotten really into myself lately is our, our, our mobile app. Because if you download your mobile app on the phone, you download our mobile app, you can have like all the rate. It's like getting 80 radio station, radio shows all at the same time. And we have such a large variety of shows, all different kinds of music and talk and comedy and all that. And it's sort of like having us as a group, as as your friend, like right there with you. Because our vibe is, you know, consistent in that we're like the most open-minded group of people you could possibly, that I personally have ever run into. And I, I haven't been to Burning Man, but I think it's still pretty pretty cool group people. So just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, iPhone for the iOS app, or go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android for the Android app. So let's get back to Heather Lee Marvin. What is 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 your name Heather Lee? Do people call you Heather Lee? No, it's 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 just Heather Lee's a middle name. Um, my parents thought it would be funny because my actual cousin is the actor Lee Marvin. Really? Yes. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm I swear I'm not. So like how how like how are you related? Um, he was my cousin, but um, like your parents, your father's his father's brother what well it was like you're like half his age or a third of his age or what isn't he old yeah he he died yeah he's like he's he's been passed but on my fa- it was on my father's side my father's father my grandfather's side of the family it goes like back to that i don't know the specifics i'm just quoting what i was told so you have <laughs> show business in your background yes so what did your parents do um well my parents thought it would be funny if um, they named me Heather Lee, 
Marvin. Right. Because right. Lee Marvin. So right. they thought it would be a little. No, but what did they what did they do? Like, what did they do for a living? You grew up in, in Queens. Did yes. you live in Queens your whole life? I've lived in Queens my whole life. Brothers, sisters. Nope. I'm the only child. An only child. Woo. Yeah. For okay. both of, well, for that's both of them. Telling, right. For all for both of them. Are do, are they still married? No, they uh they were divorced. Um my mother actually unfortunately recently passed away. Oh, I'm really sorry. Well wow. yeah. you're young to have had to manage that it's it's been great for creativity uh, it's yeah. been terrible for my psyche uh how soon is it been? um uh january 6 2018 right at the beginning uh, of the year so it was it was, was it was sick? really rough i'm sorry was she sick for a while she, yeah she had been and she um she was recovering from heart surgery and uh you know i i had to go pick up my base from her house and unfortunately you uh, found her yeah and i was wow. on my way to a show like we had to cancel the show yeah for like and like the next show that we had had um scheduled out in philly at the fire for uh women crush wednesday that they have out there uh-huh and uh we had to cancel both those shows because i was just i was a total wreck oh. i had just started my job at um at neiman marcus and uh they were um really great oh. really amazing people i i That's i cannot great. tell you like i honestly was very grateful for my bosses um they let me take the time off that i needed and they didn't give me any crap about Good. it and they were very welcoming when i came back to work so i'm just grateful i had a really great support team throughout mm. this whole time my band has been super supportive mm. uh, my partner has been super supportive i have wonderful amazing beautiful friends and extended family and you know actual mm -hmm. family that's just been so amazing people coming out of the woodwork mm -hmm. that you just don't expect um and it's it's been an uphill climb since she passed but you know uh i'm working through it mm -hmm. i'm trying my best to process it well, I would say from the way that you're able to talk about it so frankly and directly um, that it just really seems like you, I bet you have fostered a really good support system on your own by being a good friend and being a good, you know, good person to be around. And uh, it you it was there when you needed it. That's that's. Because I bet you, I bet you that that's what's really made a difference. Music really helped me yeah. through. Mm. It really helped me through because I grew up in a home with, you know, even though my parents were separated and divorced, they were still like best, best, best friends. Oh, nice. And they had a really great, like, working relationship when it came to me. Oh, good. Um, you know, not everything was perfect, but no family's perfect. And you right. just have to accept that one way right. or another. Um, but like I always grew up around art and music. That was really important because my father is an architect by mm. trade. He's a construction specifications writer and he's working out in Washington state right now mm. doing really awesome work. He's working on making new schools mm. and I'm super proud of him. And, um, I couldn't, I couldn't be a prouder daughter. Mm -hmm. And my mother was, she was a pistol. Uh, she was one of the first women in the, you know, car industry she was a manager wow. at hertz she had wow. her own car transportation service wow. she was really but she also was an artist by trade she was a hand weaver 
Um, she worked with clay a lot. She drew, she painted, she was a photographer. My mother was an artist to the umpteenth degree. And, uh, there was always art hanging throughout our entire house and music playing. My mother couldn't sing a lick, not a lick, but, um, she still sang along to music anyway. And she turned me on to, um, the Beatles and Fleetwood Mac. Uh, But the thing that I always remember from my childhood is James Taylor, Gorilla, Mm -hmm. the, the tape. Mm-hmm. And playing that in her car Aww. and singing and singing a uh, lighthouse mm-hmm. um like that listening to that album on Spotify, like I was listening to it on repeat when she passed away, and it really helped mm. like, music is truly healing, music is love, mm. and I really believe in the power that it has mm. on the human psyche, mm. you know what I'm yeah. saying, yeah, 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 I mean, I feel. I hear you. I feel that way, like about art. I mean, everybody that has something that connects them because you're connected to the universe in a way that's way bigger than you and way older than you and way eternal, eternal from the past and eternal in the future, right? Absolutely. And music's always around. Yeah. And also, I mean, music is more insidious, is the most insidious form of art, which is why, um, people it's so it really does bring people together probably more than any other art form i think i mean that's common knowledge i guess i mean the power of music and art therapy i don't know if you've seen any of the research on that but music has been being used in um, work with people who have dementia and alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and the progress that they've been making is out of this world amazing Mm. like there was um a special that i saw not too long no we're talking about you i'm bringing this back to you i'm bringing this back to you honey this is interesting (laughs) does this happen to you a lot i i I, what do you think that is are you deflecting i think you're deflecting no no um not at all are you afraid of like you're gonna be i just have adhd hon my attention span is that of a hyperactive mayfly (laughs) Wow. Well, um, because, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned, we did get a, I did get to hear a little bit about before we got on air is that you uh, started out in opera that you were going to be. How did yes. you get into opera? Um, so I got into opera. I had already been listening to classical music. My dad would play Mozart around the apartment whenever I would visit him along with grunge, mm-hmm. but he, he had a variety of tastes. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, uh, I got into it in high school because, um, my middle school and my high school and my college, um, I went to music specific schools for middle school. I went to Louis Armstrong middle school because they had an extensive music program and all these other really cool extracurricular activities. So you were talented in music and and it, how did you find out you were talented in music? I just loved singing. I, I loved singing and I loved drawing and I loved writing. I just was Did you know like arts. you had a good voice? Did every Was it like one of those things that everybody go like, oh, you have such a good voice? Heather. I had a lot of people do uh, say that until middle school where I got bullied relentlessly. Oh God, it was terrible. So what happened there? Um, um, well, you know, it took a few few tries for me to find my way and then I started taking voice lessons in eighth grade and then I went and I did the eighth um my eighth grade talent show and I sang acapella you know with no accompaniment or anything 
And uh, the room, for once, there was no booze. There were just cheers, and no one had shit to say about me or my singing after that. Everybody shut the fuck up, finally, and left me the fuck alone about that. Um, You know, they bothered me about other things, because that's how kids are. They're terrible and cruel. um, That must have been a huge moment for you. It was. It was like a real sense of accomplishment for me to be like, Wow, I sounded good and to and to feel really confident in my own musical ability. Wow. And you know, uh I auditioned for Frank Sinatra School of the Arts, which is where I went to high school and that was my first choice. Uh-huh. And I remember uh auditioning for the acting department and the vocal department and I came in for my acting audition and Heidi Best, Miss Best, she comes up to me and she's like I just want to let you know I don't normally do this. She was the head of the vocal department. She goes, "I know I normally don't do this, but I just want to let you know you're in. <laughs> and I hope you pick our studio. And I was just Aww. like, oh, my God. Wow. I just I that was that was an amazing feeling. So I, I got into the school and the first thing that they have you do is they have you take a vocal rep class because, you know, they want to teach you the basics of technique. They want to teach you your standards, not only in musical theater, but yeah. also in opera. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, opera Singing opera trains you to sing pretty much anything else you could possibly want to. The technique that you learn through opera is so important. And it's it's a thing that I've noticed that a lot of vocalists kind of struggle with is Mm -hmm. like, you know, people people think that anybody can sing. And you know what? That may be true, but not many people can sing well. Meaning like properly. Yes. Not many people can really sing you right, know, it's, right. it's, it's, they don't have the training that you're talking about. Yeah, it's 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 another thing. It's a whole other thing when you want to take on something like that professionally. And if you want to you'll be able to sing forever if you use the right technique. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I see it very often people don't use Especially good technique. In the rock music business. Yeah. Right? And by the time that they're 40, they've blown out their voices. Mm. So. There's it, it really goes to show. I mean, like Pavarotti was singing until he passed. You know, Maria mm-hmm. Callas was singing until so she did passed. You, did you imagine being a, like a, were you devoted to opera? Were you like, I want to do this. I love opera. I never was really like super like, oh my God, I love opera. I really loved musical theater. But when I started singing opera in high school, I realized, holy shit, I'm really good at this. Ah. And Anything I auditioned for in the opera department of the school, I got. Wow. I was like their star mezzo-soprano wow. from my year. And um, like, I'm not saying that there weren't other talented yeah, mezzos. No, but, no, like, but when you, it had, came to, you had flashing green light. Yeah, but when it came to the opera department, that was my shit. I I really, really worked hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would compliment me and I'd say I could do better. I was like super determined to So you worked really hard. Let's put that out there, yeah, right? I were you like you were hard. driven about were you driven about this? I was. I was driven to be like the best vocalist that you knew I could, you be. could be. Yeah. Right. And like I didn't have it in my mind to even pick up another instrument because I solely wanted to do singing. I really wanted to focus in on that. And I loved musical theater. I was also a part of the musical theater department. Mm -hmm. I had a role in the musical um, in my final year of high school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just an amazing school to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I had so many performance opportunities. So so what happened? Did you pursue that in college? I did. 
I did. Isn't but... isn't opera thought of as a dorky thing? Um, no, not actually, really. Not at musical school. People, um, no, it's not think thought of as a dorky thing. It's just that a lot of people assume that it's high art that that's not relatable or doesn't have stories that's relatable, and that you need to be rich and fancy to go to the opera. Yeah, and that's the problem with the industry. And frankly, that's why I left. Because there is that mentality surrounding. Really? What, yes. ha- what happened? What was it like being being in? Did you study opera in college? Yes. So I what did. was that like? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was one of the most miserable experiences of my life. I have never met so many damn snobs really? in my entire life. Like, really, there is a very specific way that things are done in opera these days and and it's it's like the way that it's always been and if you can't do this then you're somehow less of a vocalist because you learn how to do your part in a different way or you process things in a different way i'm a hands-on learner and they were teaching from a damn textbook and i just i couldn't wrap my mind around it for the longest time it was so frustrating plus i was going through a lot of personal bullshit throughout college like boys girls boys girls both of them. You, you've dated more boys than girls, I bet. I've dated a lot of boys, but boys are just... But I've only dated more boys because, um, you know, they're easy. You just <laughs> you go up to a guy and you go, hey, I want to fuck. And they're like, yeah, girls, uh, you know, I have more respect for women. <laughs> you know, I don't... I, I Girls um, are more... Com- they're more demanding. You no, gotta, I wouldn't like, pay- say that they're more demanding. Really? I would say that women um, deserve more. Wow. I, I honestly feel they deserve more of my time, more of oh. my dedication, more of my focus than men do sometimes because men have this entitlement thing that right. that comes across. And when I was young, you know, like I was not as wise about it mm-hmm. as I am like now. And as I see old, it. Old at 26. Yeah. yeah at 26. <laughs> like 19 year old Heather no, was like, it. let's text boys because I'm bored, you know, but like. 26 year old heather is like that's kind of stupid and most boys mm-hmm. are kind of just boys and not men just right. like how there are a lot of girls and not women hmm. but hmm. Um, so anyway yeah so you had did you so you were going through a lot with their boyfriend a boyfriend in college it wasn't just him it was also the fact that i was struggling i i had i was in my first band ever and that wasn't going so well um i got along with like one of the members and that was it but i got ragged on like band hazing to the extreme it was so bad they sound mean they were mean they were they they were they were they were kind of mean so you were having so you were in a band and you were studying opera and you had a boyfriend and and um i was having friend drama too like I was I was just a hot mess. It was just too much stuff. It was just too much stuff all at once and I was a hot mess and looking back on it I was not ready to go to college. I should have probably taken a year off, dicked around and then gone to college. But it also sounds like the opera people are um you know the thing about um they're not ro- forgiving. Well, the thing about rock <laughs> about what you know, I'm not a musician by any means, but I mean the sense I get of being a mus- like a rock musician and certainly in most in the art this is one good thing I can say certainly about the art world is that uh it's a creative process where you use your instincts and that's what comes first and people aren't aren't there People aren't going to evaluate you on the technique or the way you do it or the way you learn it. And it sounds like opera is actually, 
Opera's kind of self-harming that way, Opera isn't it? Is because did you see did you see my reaction? It was like a really boring, uptight, nerdy thing because yeah. they have such a nerdy idea about what you're saying to me is they have a nerdy idea on about teaching. what music is and how they want to and, teach it. It's very the, much a box. They want to put you in you a hear box this of ner- permission. Do you hear this opera people? You got to lighten up. You're going to do you think opera's going like are, they have this certain imagery of themselves that there's these posh fancy people who fucking drink wine at night and like think that there's some no, hot but, shit. And it's like, meanwhile, you bought the Chateau Diane from your bodega and you're living in a box. No, Please but, don't act like you're fancy but, just because you sing opera. Please get you, over yourself. Do you think, I mean, I think opera's going out of style, right? Is the audience Not in Europe. For, not in Europe. Uh, really? If you want a career in opera, you need to like go to Europe. Oh, so there, it, it's thriving in Europe? Absolutely. But it's not thriving here. No, because there's really no funding for it. Okay, so let me break yeah, down like yeah. the, the scam that is becoming an opera singer. No, no, singer. I want to hear about you. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. but oh, this is okay. why I yeah, don't okay, want to sorry. do it. Yeah, you can't ahead. make money being an opera singer or it's very, 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 very hard. Mm-hmm. You either get a church gig or you're going for so many auditions that uh, might... First of all, you have to pay an application fee to even audition. What? Then you're not even guaranteed the audition. But if you pass that and you have to go to your audition and say you have to fly out, Guess who's paying for your ticket? Not them. You that's are. Hor- that's horrible. Yeah. It's it's wow. things like that. They take advantage of people's dreams and love and passion for the music oh, man. too often in this country. And I really do have an issue with that. And wow. I, I take personal offense because the people who study opera, my colleagues, my the fellow students, they loved what they did. And mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing about that world is they don't teach you how to market yourself. They don't teach you how to make this your business. They don't teach you about quarterly taxes that you're going to need to file as a freelance artist. They don't talk about any of that stuff. They don't teach any of that stuff. And if they do, I, they certainly did not at my school. Well, yeah. And that's a big complaint that I had. And when it wasn't until I transferred over to media studies and I started Crowd the Airwaves that I finally felt like I had a level of autonomy back in my life Mm. because I finally had control over the product that I was putting out. I was singing Mm -hmm. music that I cared about. I wasn't just singing to be perfect. I was singing to express again. And that's Mm -hmm. so important these Mm -hmm. days, like because it's. Well, it's so important to everybody who's making anything. It's kind of the reward, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And But it's also so important these days that you don't feel stifled and put in a box. Right. Because right now we have, um, we have a world that is trying to just... Yeah. Uh, the, you know what? It was put to me in a really great way. Um, I saw this line on a, on a TV show and it was great. People are seeking affirmation, not information. And it's a problem. It's such a problem. That's well put. So do you think that uh, being in in opera, like, did, did that have an effect on your self-esteem at the time? Does, doesn't it affect everybody who's studying opera self-esteem? Not when I was in high school. When I was in high school, I felt really good about what I was doing. I felt really good and rewarded for the hard work that I put in. And it, I felt like opera betrayed me. Like, oh. you know, I felt very betrayed by them because the moment that I, I wasn't perfect, the moment that I did mess up, they never forgot and they never let me live it down. And they never, wow. never gave me a chance to prove myself again. It was like and and they wow. di- and whenever they did give me a chance to prove myself again, I just felt like a ploy because they wanted more of my money because college is 
can be a scam sometimes. In yeah, that way. yeah. So but were you were you really upset? Like, did, was I was there, disappointed. Did did it take like a um, a moment, like some particular incident, to say like that's it? I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Um. It's so I was five years into my uh, program. Wow. And there, and I like was having trouble with this one class, and I just couldn't pass it. And mm-hmm. what um, was the class? What, what, what it was? It was sight singing and dictation. The okay. sight singing part of it, I nailed. But dictation is when you listen to a piece Based of music and you, write it. and you have to write it right. down exactly. And mm-hmm. I was having a really hard time with that because I don't have perfect pitch. I have relative pitch. Mm-hmm. And I took this class three times. Three times. It was maddening. And they wanted me to retake it again when uh. I failed again. And I just was like, I'm sitting in the um in the office for registration and at this point crowd the airwaves is like i think two or three years old and no two years old and i just i'm sitting with the professor and he's also going to put me in this theory class with this woman professor who would i heard horror stories she would put bibs on her students so that they couldn't see their hands when they played the piano and the keyboard part of her class and the first words out of my oh. mouth, I, I shit you not, Lisa, were, please don't put me in the class with that she demon. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he looked at me and he goes, you know, I don't appreciate the way you referred to her. And I'm like, well, then maybe you should tell your colleague to not be such a bitch to her students Good because that's all I've heard. And I don't want her to be my Good teacher. For you. And, and he's like, well, that's the only space available. And I was just like, meh. And, and I, you know, I left that appointment. And I was like, fuck this. Fuck this. I'm just going to go and transfer over to media studies. I've finished all my other requirements for everything else. I have enough credits to get this music theory minor at the very least. Right. And um, media studies I can finish in two years. Fuck this. I'm out of this program. And let me tell you, I learned more about being a working musician in the media studies department at yeah. Queens College yeah. than I did from their damn music program. Yeah. It's a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> The only good thing awesome. about uh, Aaron Copeland that I ever got out of it were some of the friends that I made from there and my my voice teacher, Roswell. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Heidi Roswell is a godsend to every vocalist. So, uh, you know, you're a really good advocate for yourself, aren't you? I don't take anybody's shit. And and you must have gotten that from your... I bet you got that from your mom. Yeah, she was a tough... She was tough old broad. So, <laughs> so did she... Did you have supportive family? Um, I mean, was she supportive or where'd you get that? She had her moments where she was really difficult to love. I'll admit that. Like, what do you mean? She'd be very um, critical. She, uh. she, she was because I was the only child and, you know, I was her baby mm-hmm. and I was she used to call herself the mama bear and I was her cub and anybody who fucked with her cub, she'd like rip through. But she made it kind of hard sometimes to make my own decisions because um she just wanted the best for me mm-hmm. and she saw my decisions before I was, um, she saw the mistakes that I was going to make before I even saw right, them. Yeah. But instead of just letting me make them and learn from right. them, she, she tried so hard to prevent them. And oh, yeah. it ended up just being a little bit stifling and overbearing sometimes. Right. But 
looking back on that now as a 26 year old adult, it's like, oh, okay, I yeah. see what you were trying yeah. to do. You've you you you've for, you've forgiven. You've you've integrated. It's, it's in the past. You seem like you're really happy where you are right now in your life. It seems. It, I mean, I'm sorry about your mother. I mean, but that's horrible. But besides that, which is a uh, circumstance as far as like you know what you've made happen with your band and everything else is is your and your partner your boyfriend do, yeah. do you feel good about those things I do I really do and you know I believe that crowd the airwaves has the potential to really take it to the next level I believe in our music I believe in my my partners I work with two of the best women in mm-hmm, New York City mm-hmm. of that I am sure mm-hmm. and you know when it comes to the man I am with right now I am probably with like the man i am going to marry marry like i holy shit yeah i know i said that on air ah i know you never heard of it a rock star that actually wants to get married or a rock singer well, that wants to get married well we all have to live unconventional lifestyles no, no, but it's no. actually more you common than you the, think you, I, it's really <laughs> common you appreciate him and i do and what is, is he a musician as well um he played the clarinet in high school <laughs> that's sad but um no actually he's not a musician but he is um he's artistic in his own way what does he, he do he's a historian wow that's yeah. interesting he, he really like i mean he has a degree in history right now he works at the uh, metropolitan museum of art as a what? security guard wow. um, i know i i so so what what is his uh a focus what um, part anci- of history ancient history he's really focused on uh rome and the byzantines in particular that seems to really have taken his interest right now he actually is currently connect uh collecting venetian glass um like the glass beads that they used to trade he has wow. um he has like a bunch of those beads that he collects and then he's also collecting old roman coins Fascinating. Um, from like the five good emperors so he's got hadrian um so that's how, the only we one i remember well how <laughs> how old are they like hundred thousands a year thousands how, of years old are they a lot of money is he spending all he's a no, gambler. no 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 that's no no there's actually a website ancient uh coins forum or something.com and like he can get these things on layaway and chip away with them for a time so don't worry we're not bankrupt from his coin habits oh good good because <laughs> i i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want you to be with a coin addict so you know what heather <laughs> i i i would i wish that we could have you on like for like another hour because we could easily fill us but i want to make sure that we get to play one more of your songs and we're like out of time can you believe how fast that went yeah i know so, wow i know it's time I'm flies when you're having fun we've got it we got to get you back here we'll get you back absolutely when, the next you got to stay in touch and we'll get you back so uh anyway i just want to remind everybody thank you for listening to dr lisa gives a shit on radio free brooklyn please uh join us join us at the well tonight uh all the information is on my facebook page and please reach out to me uh it's at dr dr lisa levy sp facebook and instagram okay so which song should we play harsh lines or the truth i say the truth because it's the faster song and we released a music video for this not too long oh great maybe we'll post that too here you go thanks for listening here is the truth let's see if i can make this work okay there we go all right 
You're great, yeah. You're still going to be skinned, you alive.